We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek Ciapala with my partner in crime, Tommy Yvonne. Tommy, how you doing, man? It's a beautiful Thursday. How are you, buddy? It is a wonderful day. And you had to use, you just had to use the Derek voice. Why would you do that? Just why? Just for fun. Just for fun. Just why? Of course. Of course. You guys, uh... <laughs> Got a, you got a lot going out there here this week. We'll get to that. Big game. Big game. Saints, Rams. I hear that's the uh, the feature docket this weekend. I don't know. Seems kind of like a lame game to me. National game of the <laughs> week, man. Everybody's going to get to see on television that live Los Angeles crowd with no empty seats and no more propaganda. It's going to be great, man. So you're saying Shane Gray should not in any kind of way tune into that game he might have a seizure or guys just stop taking pictures of the seats pre-game and saying there's nobody there because we're still in the parking lot getting hammered <laughs> that's what they all do just it's saying. hilarious well, it's third quarter <laughs> no man it was like a kickoff dude now can you can you not see the scoreboard there it says <laughs> kickoff are you serious? It takes a long time to get into the stadium, and we tailgate. We tailgate probably less than a hundred feet from the nearest gate. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how close we are. 
and we'll break down at 11.30, and it'll take us, and once we get in line, it'll take at least an hour just to get through the turnstiles and get inside. That's how brutal it is, dude. It takes forever, man. It I does. Know. So if I'll you don't get in there, you'll, I, I've missed kickoff almost every game in the first three years. I think I saw kickoff maybe two or three times. That was it. You going to make it this time? We'll see. I'm going to get really trashed. So. <laughs> it's a party, man. I have some questions for you on on that, but give me a minute. Let's go ahead and roll through. Folks, our episode today is sponsored by Jim Hawk and his book, Hollywood's Team. Also, like to ask you to head over to iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found and leave a review, subscribe, especially on Apple Music. That five-star review really helps us up the charts. Don't forget other shows on the network, Ramped on Sensor, Butting Heads. And, yeah, you saw it. Rampage Radio returned this week with a special segment they do called Breakdown. That's where J-Rob actually breaks down the game in 20 minutes-ish. And we, he does it to music, apparently. That, that was a interesting twist he added in there. We have a contest underway. We'd love to get your feedback on the podcast on iTunes. So, so 200 five-star reviews. Once you get those 200 five-star reviews, one lucky winner will get sent if to NFLShot.com. This is how it works. You head over to Apple Music. Leave a five-star review. Send us an email to ramstop1945 at gmail.com with a copy of your entry so we know who to reward. And we'll also read your feedback on the show. i got to be honest. We haven't read some feedback in a while. That's because we haven't gotten any in a while. That is, I'm not sure that's good or bad. I'm not sure. But at least it's not bad. At least I'm not saying, you know, one star. These guys suck. It's kind of brutal. But, you know. Oh, you guys are folks in your t-shirt this week, aren't you? Selling that t-shirt out? Yeah, we're going to slang it out there in the parking lot. Also, we have an order form for you. If you do wish to buy the t-shirt, I'll put it up tonight when the podcast goes out. You can see the link for it, and you can send the money to Ram Tommy here, Tommy Vance, on either Venmo or PayPal. Okay, so right away, injury report comes out. I have, I do not have the updated one for today yet. From yesterday, Clay Matthews sits out practice with a back injury, Brockers with a shoulder. Your thoughts there, man? I'm not worried about it. What I'm worried about, well, not worried, but I was asking Vinny Bond yesterday about, you know, because he mentioned Eric Wells' concussion, and I said, um, how come we're not talking about the elephant in the room, the blood all over his uniform instantly? What's up? I'm sure he got stitches, right? You know, what's going on with that? And his response was, yes, he got stitches. Are you kidding me, dude? That's gonna. That's your response? That's what we should be talking about. There's no way if he has stitches in his head that he's going to put that helmet on and play football. There's no way. It's going to bust open again. Are you kidding me? Remember a few years back, was it a J.J. Watt busted the bridge of his nose and he played the whole season and every game he busted it open every single, every game, you know. Eric Weddle's not playing this week. I don't think so. I don't think he should. I don't think we need him. You don't even get the Saints. You don't Did we so. need him last week? Well, the Panthers aren't the Saints. No, they're not. But I don't think you should play. I don't I think, think anybody the, should play with stitches in their head, dude. That's my opinion. I, I think it depends on where the stitches are and how secure they are. If it's on a, an area of the head where the helmet's not going to move, it's not going to dig in, it's not going to ca- cause those things to reopen, and there are areas in your body where they won't, they won't break, then yes, if it's in a position where he's going to bust those stitches over and over again and cause further blood loss, further damage, and, you know, scar tissue, whatever, then, yeah, you got to be worried about it. But we don't know where those stitches are in his head. We just know it's what his forehead somewhere. What if it's right where the helmet comes on and kind of, la- you know, where it's kind of seals on your head? You know what yeah. I'm talking about? That's that, no, that's no, no, no good. No yeah, good. Yeah, but what if it's kind of off to the side a little bit toward your temple where, you know, nothing is really going to, nothing's really going to change. Or you're, you're not going to hit it with anything. And just, unless. He's a safety. I mean. He's a safety. I played the same position. He's going to well, hit I'm, somebody. Well, His what head I'm saying is going to hit somebody. Obviously, because that's, that's how it busted to begin with. But you just don't know the angle. Which you don't, we just don't know is what I'm trying to say. What are the odds of it? I would like to know, but I'm also no doctor. It's, it's too early for me to say, hey, he's going to play or not. If I'd like he to plays know all season long and he keeps busting it open, we can look back at week two and say he shouldn't have played. Okay, well, what, if it's, what if it was only like two stitches? Um, I, mean, I mean, if he wants to give 15. it a go, go ahead. I, I, I'd live to fight another day. It's one game. Well, we I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be the deciding factor whether we win or lose or not. And that doesn't take anything away from his ability. He's one of my favorite players in the league. 
I, I just you're, you're just that confident in the Rams. I get it, but I'm also thinking too in terms of what, what concerns me more is the concussion. He's in concussion protocol, and he's saying everything looks fine, but concussions are weird, man. They might you might feel fine for a couple of days, all of a sudden by the end of the week you might feel sick. So yeah, the, I agree. I I mean, if we go back to the concussion, just watching him when he got hit and his body go limp when he was still in the air, he shouldn't play this week. Shouldn't. He should not I mean, be yeah. playing. And that's where I'd say, if that's the reason why, no. <laughs> having coached the game, having you know, we have to take concussion training over and over again every year, really. And uh, you know, I'm not messing with that. Uh. Uh-uh. You don't play. No. But and my and my thing with the, the, the stitches too, it's more of a sanitary thing for me personally. Like as much blood as he lost and got nobody's trying to listen, I don't want nobody's blood on me, dude. You know what I mean? I don't know what kind of viruses you got. You know? And I it could, I'm talking cold sore viruses. Anything. I don't what, want none what, of your What are you trying to say has, man? What are you trying to say what anything? <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything. I'm trying to say I don't want what any of you have. Or might not have, or might have. Shit. (laughs) Okay, so with Matthews and Brockers, I think it's probably just a veteran's day. They're a little sore. They're not. They they just throw in the injury injury list because they have to. Dude, if I was their age still playing in the NFL, I wouldn't practice either just because. I'd be like, dude, I'm Clay Matthews. I ain't practicing, bro. (laughs) I'm fine. I got my knee is bothering me a little bit. You know, it's a little, little, it's a little little sore. Kind of a little trick, trick shoulder here. just not it's just like when you become team, the yeah. boss at work. You make more money, you do less work. It is what it is, dude. I'm not trying to let the younger guys go out there and get that Wednesday work. I'm about to hang out, go in the cold tub. Oh, they can use the reps, right? They need the reps. Exactly. Let the younger guys use the reps. These these guys are all pros, man. They don't need they don't need the reps, dude. They don't. And when you got guys like Aaron Donald being triple teamed on every play, that didn't work out for them either because Clay Matthews and, and Fowler and everyone was teeing off on Cam Newton because they were either getting singled or nobody was blocking them, and they were running free and killing the running backs. In all honesty, though, I thought I would see more of a pass rush with Donald being trouble team. So I want to see some new wrinkles this week. I really do. Pick your poison. You're gonna yeah, you, you, poison. when it comes to that front. When it comes to that front four, pick your poison. And you're still gonna get hit. Dante Fowler was teeing off on everybody because everyone was focused on Aaron Donald. So. You know? What are your concerns about this game on Sunday? Um, I'm not concerned at all. I think we have a better team than they do. If we're going to lose this game, it'll be our fault. I just see it that way. I just don't think they're that good. I really don't. They, You know, last year they couldn't do anything in the NFC Championship, and then they come out of halftime, and they just keep throwing it to Kamara every single play all the way down the field and attacking Corey Littleton one-on-one. I mean... Take what the defense gives you. I get it, but I wasn't impressed. You know, did, did that did that strategy impress you? No, exactly. It, it was just like, oh, let's just go attack this guy with this guy. Anybody could have anybody could have thought of that. And they're gonna do. They're gonna try the same thing. They're gonna try it this time. They just you just need to take Michael Thomas and Kamara away and let everybody else get singled up. Just don't worry about everybody else, dude. They're not that good. Well, but Kamara's, you know, he showed multiple times now that he, you just can't single him. The question is, can you slow him down enough? Can you contain him enough to hold him on that third down? Or, you know, knock the ball away on on Thomas? Can you do enough, basically, to force the Saints to punt? All you need to do is, is give the pass rush three seconds. To do their job, right? So how do you do that? You jam them at the line. So if Kamara comes out of the backfield, somebody needs to chip him. And and I don't mean just chip him. I mean knock him on his butt so he's no longer part of the play. Just hit him. Just keep hitting him. Remember in the Super Bowl when the Patriots were playing the Rams the first time and they just kept whacking Isaac Bruce and Torrey Hole and hitting him and hitting him and hitting him? That's what you got to do to fast guys. You got to hit them right off the line. Well, here's the, that. Actually, this goes back to during the game. Somebody actually, somebody. I'm not gonna. I'm not calling anybody individually yet. But someone from TST said this, and I was like, "Are you serious?" And they, you know, they know they know that the Rams just aren't a physical team. They don't do the. You know, they're not physical. Do you agree with that assessment? And when it comes to physicality on the football field, and especially in, in plays like jamming the line, 
getting that rush on, being willing to get rough in, in the trenches. No, I don't agree with it. How could you say they're not physical? They're out there smacking people in the mouth. Like, I don't even understand. It's a that I, For me personally, I've never understood that comment. It's football. Every play is physical. It's a physical game. So why are we why are we calling a physical sport non physical? I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. I've never understood that conversation. I'm not a, you're not what? I'm not a fan of that conversation. I think it's stupid. It's football. It's not golf. It's physical. Every single play. Are there guys out there that are not tough like Marcus Peters? Absolutely. <laughs> Man. He's softer than freaking on Charmin. It is. It's it's the truth. I'm not afraid to call out to call out my team. I wish his teammates would. He could have taken Christian McCaffrey to the woodshed on one of his touchdowns, and he just chose not to. He had the perfect angle to hit him on the blind side, right in his shoulder. He wouldn't have even seen it coming. He probably would have fumbled it. He could have hit him so hard. He didn't even try. He just let him go by. Olayed him. Ole! Ole! That's what he does. Modern-day Deion Sanders. Right? Don't want to well, tackle he, nobody. Well, to me, it's just kind of so the way the Rams play the running game. Going, you know, working outside, working inside. You have to be physical. You're pulling a lot of guards. You're pulling a lot of people in, in, into the zone run. I don't see how he'll ever say they're not physical. Now, there's chances that, that they can be out physical. Some teams are going to be more physical than you once in a while. That's what Mike was talking about on Sunday's episode. Norm was talking about that, but it, the overall aspect of physicality, it's not it's not an either or. Either you're physical or you're not physical. The question is how much you can be physical or on fi- are physical versus somebody else in a specific game time situation. So anybody's arguing they're not physical is stupid in terms of Yeah, you the know, the way you're wording it is the conversation that you can have. Yeah. More physical than your opponent, we can or have less. that conversation. Or less. But saying not physical is is terrible verbiage, dude. It's terrible. So I'm going to come back to this a little bit, but i got to ask you, since you hinted at it, what are your plans for the game on Sunday? Who's visiting? Oh, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of people. First of all, I'm getting up at 5 a.m., getting in the shower, getting ready, go downstairs, fill up the ice chest full of Modelo's and ice, get the Camaro packed up, and head over to uh, Mark's Hotel to pick him and his family up, head over to Coliseum, gates open at 8 a.m., get, get set up. And I actually, so I gave up my gold lot pass this season, and I was just going to Uber to the games. But I decided to buy one for this game only after market. It actually came in the mail today. So we can have one extra spot because that's how many people want to show up to our tailgate. People from out of state all over. Jake and Alexis from DTR are going to come stop by. Um, Austin from New Mexico. Nick, the big dizzle from Washington is coming down. I mean, the list goes on, dude, and if I left the money out, I apologize, but it is, it's going to be crazy. It's like a playoff atmosphere. Everyone's coming, dude. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, except me. I'm jealous. I'm a yeah. sad panda. <laughs> we'll miss you. We'll go, we'll go uh, Periscope a few times, get everybody on there. We're going to try to give everybody a good bird's eye view of the tailgate, Um and everybody on Twitter can see what's going on, say hello to everyone. So we're going to do our best to to make everyone feel like feel like they're what like they're there. We're gonna gotcha. we're gonna go live so you guys can see what's going on in the parking lot, just not what's on the, on in the game. You know. So if you're tuning in, in case you couldn't tell, we were having some technical problems tonight, a little bit on and off. It's been been that way all night. Nothing we can do to fix it, but we had to get this podcast out. So be a little patient with us. Matter of fact, in our interview a little bit later on, there's some kind of weird hurricane sound that comes in there. We had to go fix it. Try our best we could to fix it. So again, we apologize for any technical difficulties tonight. It's not our norm. So you know, just want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, getting back to the actual game, what do you think the Rams need to do to improve from last Sunday when they beat the Panthers? Start fast. They were rusty, but that was their first preseason game. Basically, they didn't. Play, if you don't play at all in preseason, the first couple of weeks are the preseason. It's just a good thing we came out with the first one, you know, in the W column on the road. That's fantastic. What is Sean McVay now? Fifteen and three on the road since he's been a head coach. Something like that. Best yeah. record in NFL history, probably. <laughs> in their first two years, right? Something That's like impressive. That. Yeah, but what's really impressive to me is just how, man, they always have a new wrinkle. Do you see some of the play calls he had in that game against Panthers? Yeah, the Robert, Woods, the, the Robert Woods run was beautiful. 
it was so beautiful because the defense was so confused. And this is what we talked about before the season mm-hmm. started. Yep. Sean McVay is going to come out with a new playbook because he knows he has to. Because he didn't for two straight years. He ran the same offense and finally caught up to him. It just caught up to him at the worst possible time. He obviously knows that now. And now you need a revolving playbook. Right? You agree? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And we talked about that. We, 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 what we call it adapting you playing the chess game we've talked about this ad nauseum how much football is chess and when he got when the checkmate happened with him in the Super Bowl he's put in a position where he has to actually go back and retool his game and you know I have to blame I have to blame age on this a little bit a more experienced guy probably retools it sooner you know and he stuck with it probably a little too long didn't throw, didn't adapt. I, I called it weighing the bed. I, I, I hate saying that about our head coach, but he gets a pass a little bit. You're young. You're learning. You you have not been through this before, and now we're actually seeing him. Ever. I mean, I said last week on the show. Every single time, McVeigh is faced with the challenge and struggles. He brings him back stronger. He does something better, and we saw on Sunday on a, on a day when those guys are rusty. So I'm pretty encouraged as to where they're going play calling-wise for the rest of the year. I do also think I want to see some improvement. I know you were happy with it. I wasn't. I want to see more improvement up front, in particular defensive line. You know, to me, that front four, front three, front four, depending who's out there at the time, when your guy, when Aaron Donald's getting triple-teamed and double-teamed, you do have to get more pressure. You do have to make more plays, and I think they will. Like I said, you, you mentioned these guys are this is their, basically their first preseason game, so I think that'll happen as well. You have to believe it will. I saw one play where Sebastian Joseph Day just got taken down. Man, it was brutal. How he so was you're talking about the, the interior lineman? Other, I'm talking that front than, than Aaron Donald. If it's yeah, so, not so him. The other two guys, two or three. You know, depending on who who. They got there. They have four down at that time or three down, depending on what they're doing. You know, he modifies it. I'm just saying I want to see a little bit more out of them. I'm not saying they're playing awful by any means. I'm not saying that they didn't do the job. I, I think they can do more is what I'm saying. Yeah, they need to play up to their teammates' level for sure. Um, the defensive ends did their job. You know, Fowler and Matthews did their job. It's the it's guys the inside that didn't, didn't get enough. Brockers, Sebastian. Uh, whoever would go in there in rotations, Tanzel Smart, whatever the case may be. Not really on yeah. that. See, I need some, I need some movement in the gut because you know while the Panthers did not attack that middle very much, when they did, they got yardage A and B. We know the Saints are going to attack that middle. We know they're going to go right at them and, and challenge. And you know you don't have the guy you wanted at back at inside linebacker and Kaiser. You have Hager there. I, I know you think he'll be fine. That's but you still, that's not the guy you wanted starting back there as your backup, and I mean, as your backup to that line. So that front interior line has to do the job. It's got to. And you just have to be better. You know Aaron Donald. If, they, if not, they're going to be doubling, tripling Aaron Donald all season. Yeah. What, what was, well, you probably don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to start watching this on a weekly basis. Bryce Hager snap count. Because I, I said before the season started, that Taylor Rapp would get more snaps this season on the field on defense than Bryce Hager would. So I need to start monitoring that because I didn't see him out there a lot. I uh, saw a lot of Taylor Rapp. I saw a lot of Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp got a lot. Yeah, he did. Okay, I have some more questions, some more, some more things to talk about. First, we want to go ahead and give a shout-out to our sponsors over there at MyBookie. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. All right, so I don't know if you noticed this or not, but of all the things, of all the articles, this article came out, and that article was about Jared Goff. And some knucklehead, I'm not even going to put the link out there, I'm not because I do not want to see people traffic. I, why do we have to even see this stuff on the internet anymore? I don't know. But he got the usual criticism 
from some nobody writer saying his performance in the first game of the season did not justify his contract. Tommy, where are these people smoking, man? I don't know, dude. The media is always on my nerves. I just at this point, I just ignore them. I, I I have to just sigh because if I don't, I'll lose my cool on these guys. They're morons, dude. They're morons. They're talking heads. They're they're human beings just like you and I. Let their personal feelings get in the way of their professional behavior. And I'm tired of hearing it, dude. I'm just I don't care. I don't care what they have to say. We're just gonna keep going out and winning games, dude. So you can say whatever you want, but Jared Goff deserves that money because quarterbacks don't grow on trees you morons okay what are you gonna do what are you gonna do oh Jared Goff's not good enough well who is then you dummy give me a break half of these guys can't even stay healthy Carson Wentz has never played 16 games yeah he got paid last year give me a break dude well my thing with, with Goff is is Goff took what teams gave him. Was he perfect? No. What did he overthrow some people? Yeah. You know, there's definitely some pressure involved there. I thought I felt like he played better. He took the pressure that was coming from that same pressure we saw last year. I think he ta- I thought he took it a lot better this time around. Made some better decisions. Wasn't perfect, but the reality was, yeah, give credit sometimes to the opponent. Carolina did a, did a nice job of locking down the deep pass, and the Rams have to figure that out come the Saints time. they got to be able to get deep in this game and stretch that field. If they do, this is going to be a shootout if they can. If they can get out there and get deep on the Saints, we're talking a 30, 40, 45-point game for the Rams. And I'm talking all offensive points. So I have to think that problem gets solved this week. But just backing up, Jared Goff took what he was given. That's all it was. He was not given the deep pass. So they were smart, and they took advantage of what the teams gave underneath. That's all it was. And it's not that he wasn't good at the deep pass. The defense was on. Dude, the, the DBs did their job. There was no separation. There wasn't. So what what, would you, what do you expect? You know, the interception that he threw that when he was trying to hit Woods, he just threw it a little bit behind him. You know, he threw it a little bit too late, and the DB took advantage of it. It happens all the time, man. It's not the end of the world, you know? It's not. And then you move on, and you you have to find a way to get these guys open next week. So my question would be, for the receivers, what did you see out there? What was going on that you weren't able to break free? You know, Because you are supposedly one of the deepest and best receiver cores in the league. You should have been able to get open. What happened out there? How's that problem going to solve? Uh, you know, what type of game overall do you expect the Rams to play, both offensively and defensively? I think offensively they're going to be aggressive because the Saints' defense is not as good as the Panthers, especially their front seven. Are you kidding me? It's not even close. Like you, you got to open your season up against that defensive line and those linebackers. Come on, man! We dropped thirty on them, and they're really good. They got Luke Keekley, Gerald McCoy, Tanzo Short. The list goes on, dude. Their defense is stellar. Brian we dropped thirty on them. Yeah, and the rookie, dude. All it's, They are loaded, and we dropped 30 on them. Okay? So, that's the proof's in the pudding. And then, in terms of on the Rams defensively, what should be the focus with them? Just take Kamara and Thomas out and make all the other guys beat you if they can, which I don't think they can. I think that we have enough superstars on defense that we can play man, and we can let Peters play zone, and he'll have some over-the-top help. If you know, But I think... Akeem Talib should shadow Michael Thomas. They have a safety like they did in the NFC Championship. That's exactly what they did. He had three catches for what, 30-some yards in that game? Because they four did exactly 36. that. Good four enough. Thir- four but, I mean, you know, you don't think the Saints, the Saints obviously went back and looked at that film too, you know. I mean, yeah. they, they did. It's, I, I'm wondering, can Talib cover Thomas for the whole game? Why not? You know, you got safety help. Just make put JJ on him, you know. Just make sure he keeps everything in front of him. It's not rocket science dude and yeah. for me i'm stuck with my theme defensively the rams just pressure 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 they can if they can just get breeze three seconds yeah you that's gotta be in there three seconds that's all the defensive breeze. line needs one two three he's down that's all you need you know so I, I expect the rams to be aggressive and try and get to get to him they need to get to him that's going to help limit how much Kamara gets the ball and how much Thomas gets the ball. This is such football one-on-one stuff. You have to get the quarterback, and I'm expecting them to be more aggressive in getting the quarterback this Sunday. Offensively, I expect the Rams to to really work establishing the running game a little bit earlier, get out there, 
passing wise, you want to you want to get deep. I'm looking for them to really kind of just pound and then spread, force the Saints to work a lot. Forty carries minimum. I want to see in this game for our team. Yeah, I want to see them pounding first for sure. Yeah. Pound, 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 pound. But you know, when we say that stuff, McVay does the exact opposite. Look him out there and throw 15 passes in a row. Yeah, but they, they did run the ball a lot. And man, did Malcolm Brown look good. Woo wee. He did. He All right, guys. Great. He did. He looked great. So, just more about our sponsor. Most of us are practically did anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about Rams history with personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood Teen, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of Jim's dad. John, who was offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. You can check out some story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You can read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Sirs, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spent the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawks book online at hollowsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollis Team. It's available in paperback. I got the word. It was September 6th. It got moved back to the end of the month, which is later September. And you can also find those, those books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere books are sold, really. All right. I've read the book cover to cover. It's for a great cause, Homeboy Industries. Check it out. Trust me on this one, guys. Hollywood's team, grit, glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams is well worth your time. And it is. And you saw the the, uh, the Homeboy Industries. You saw, what, Jane Fonda on TV with, TV with them? Is that right? Yeah, KTLA Channel 5. She was on there um, promoting that and wearing their T-shirt, Homeboy Industries. So that was pretty cool. Okay, so we are proud to bring on, we're happy to bring on a very good guest, and I know you've been waiting for this part of the show, this is Wesley Coleman coming on from Saints BS and Beer Podcast to talk about, well, the Rams and Saints. Check it out. All right, guys, we are with Wesley Coleman from the Saints BS and Beer Podcast. He's the second time back. The last time we talked, we, we had a little, we addressed, quote, unquote, the white elephant in the room. But this is the first time Tommy's talked to him, so I'm guessing the white elephant's back again. Here we go, Wesley. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Doing good. Tommy's anxious, I think. You ready, Tommy? <laughs> oh, man, I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> ready to go. All right. I, I thought we shot the white elephant and buried it. Oh, I, you know, but this, I don't know what Tom's going to want to ask you. So just so you <laughs> know. I'm not going to want to ask him anything, to be honest with you, as far as that's concerned. I'm one of the Rams fans that has the balls enough to admit that that was the worst P.I. in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't fucking no, I'm no stupid fanboy. We got away with murder, straight up. <laughs> I appreciate that, Tom. Yeah, you're welcome, man. You Well, just so you know, just to ask you that. I had another question I was going to ask you first, but I'm not sure Tommy knows. But you were at the game. You were, like you told me, 100 feet away. And months yes, later, from how? Yep, from the play. Months later, how do you look back on that game overall and with the play itself? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say that I'm probably one of the fans. I mean, not happy about it. I would have uh, liked to have seen how we would have done in the Super Bowl against that Patriots team that showed up. But um, I, I, I've moved on. Uh, obviously, we've had as Saints fans lots of bad. Uh, bad plays and uh, terrible uh you know endings to seasons and terrible seasons themselves over the years so it's kind of like one of those things and you know the way, the way our last two years have ended i think there's a lot of teams that have ended at worst by not even being in those situations or having a competitive team i'm really happy that the team we're bringing back this year and i honestly am very much focused on this season and what our team can bring i think we can have some joyous uh, memories from this season not bad ones I mean, you could be a Dolphins fan, right? Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if the Dolphins players are Dolphins fans anymore. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, after Dan Marino, it all went downhill, and it just hasn't climbed back up. I mean, they had like five minutes with Ricky Williams running 2,000 yards and whatnot, but other than that, they haven't done a damn thing, man. That's rough. Florida in general, sports. It, it, I, was, I said that the other day on, on my show, Rams Uncensored. Florida is where sports and sports fans go to die. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. I know you were trying to make me feel better, but you brought up the name of Ricky Williams. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if as a Saints fan, that cures everything either. No, That's no. true. That's just, he, <laughs> you nice, nice job, Tommy. <laughs> right, right. Work that in. You didn't get the best of him, that's for sure. That's because that was before he started smoking pot. Once he started smoking sure. pot, then his vision was clear. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> right. So, so, Wesley, just to kind of put a cap on everything from that day, because this, 
you know, you and I, when we talked, we kind of, we basically agreed that bad plays happen, bad calls happen, the stakes were high, and it was one of those things where, you know, just, what can you do about it? Tommy just said, we know his P.I., I know his P.I. There were a lot of other things in that game that, that weren't called that should have been called. It's a poorly officiated game overall. But on our side over here, you know, we've seen a lot of, and I'm sure we've, I'm sure the Rams fans have returned the favor quite a bit, but it's gotten personal. Since the final game, then we see court cases being filed against the NFL about all this thing. And what are your overall thoughts on how Saints fans react, and especially in regards to those court cases that were filed against the NFL? I think that some of them are probably just people with too much money and that can uh, kind of get some attention so they can. If people are just trying to get attention on the fact that the NFL has referees who, not just in that one game, but pretty consistently are making bad calls or when they do make a call, and let's get away from opinion calls for a minute, Mm -hmm. but when we get to the execution of the rules, for example, Saints versus Texans, when they don't even know when to run the 10 seconds off, that's a big deal when it comes to not knowing the execution of the rules. There's not that many rules to football, so I can't get an excuse to me why six people can huddle together that are professional referees and can't figure out how to execute the rules. Getting away from the opinions of it. I think that there's problems. I think that if those court cases are shining a light on that problem that's going to lead to those those problems being fixed, then I'm all for it. As far as the people that are whining and trying to talk about that one specific play and let's replay the Super Bowl in April, that's just being silly. I mean, let's move on with that. But if we want to talk about if that's the only way that we can attack the NFL and get them to address that they don't have full-time referees that have good vision and can actually keep up with players and can then execute the rules, I think that a light needs to be shined on that. I mean, I can't really argue with that. If, if that's the way that you know everyone has to hold the NFL accountable and the referees and make sure that we have the best product on the field and not letting referees decide, the, uh, I'm all for it, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of mistakes that happen out there. I mean, there was at least nine missed calls that game just on the Rams alone. I didn't count how many were in the Saints, but I could go there back. There a lot there, too. Yeah, I, there was a lot. I mean, it was unreal. And when you go back and look at the play, when Roby blasted the receiver, the referee was standing right there staring at him. And every time I see that replay, I'm like, which guy from the mafia had a hit out on him? Because that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a scene out of a movie that he had an earpiece in, and somebody was telling him, if you throw that flag, we're going to come for you. I mean, that's how bad it was, in my opinion. There were the non-call for the face message called for the Rams against the Saints on golf. That would change the game. You know, the timing of it being where it was late in the game makes it really important. They were all important. It could, any one of them could have changed things. In a lot of ways, people are going to put an asterisk next to that game for the Rams and say, well, you didn't really deserve to win it. And it's not, to me, cool. It's not true. It was a game that both teams deserved to have the integrity of that game preserved. And so if it's all about fixing the officiating, it's great. So, But here's my real question, because maybe it's a communication thing, but we don't really see any of that. We don't see anybody really explain the full reasoning. It's not in the news. It's not in the media as to why those... It's just what it looks like, honestly. And this is just from... What we're seeing... Is it looks like a bunch of Saints fans are whining. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that's what it looks like because nothing's really being explained as to why these cases are being filed. Yeah, I would... I, would, I, would, I can definitely understand that. And, I mean, and I believe that, too. I, there's some of them that, again, I think they're whining into shut up. And, I mean, by now, it just needs to all be over with. I was just saying that would be my only I think it's okay. If, if the people are doing it because they legitimately think something's going to be done, they're just living in a fantasy land. They need to be in reality. It's over. It's done with. Let's move on. You're not going to get anything. You can out of the NFL. There's not going to be a statement where it's uh, anything beyond like just admitting that the call was missed. Yeah, I mean, I'm past it. Regardless if the game went our way or not, it is what it is. It's 2019. It's a new season. We're about to get it this weekend and i'm looking forward to it and i will be there well the uh that takes us to now okay what is the feeling wesley around this team and the fan base heading into the saints first meet against the rams since that game yeah i think that um i mean obviously everybody in the papers and stuff like that is putting the the you know the revenge word into it and all like that um i think that uh i was looking at that 36 percent of or 38 percent of the saints players are new players this year that weren't even on the team last year so 
I mean, even Sean Payton said this is not something that he started addressing in the preseason. He didn't try to make some motto or, or slogan to, to address it. Like, it's a different team. It's a different season. I think they're addressing it that way. Personally, I'm addressing it that way. Um, I, I know we can't go back. We're not replaying it. You know what? If, if, we, if we win this game by 28 points, we don't get to play in the Super Bowl tomorrow or next week, or we don't get to go back in time. So it doesn't matter. Um, and honestly, if we were to um, win this game, or how, no, no, how many points we went by, or what style we went by, there's not going to be any extra better feeling of being 2-0 and because it was against the Rams than against another team, for me personally. Um, I want to see every other team in our division lose. I want to see us win. I really want us to see, start building a division lead. Uh, that whole what's going to happen and who's in first in the NFC, uh, the NFC uh, conference, we're way away from that. It's not even a thought in my mind personally. So let me ask you this. What are your concerns um, this time around? Because the last two times we faced each other, it's been in the Dome in New Orleans. Now you're coming to Los Angeles in the Coliseum with a crowd that is just as pissed getting attacked all offseason on social media as you guys were about losing that game to the ref. So we're going to have a live crowd. We may not have a roof on the building, but I will tell you this, this is going into my fourth year as a season ticket holder. It is plenty loud. And when the fans are motivated, like they will be this week, it's going to be obnoxious. That's for sure. So what what are you worried about? I mean, it's natural grass and it's open air. What do you think the game plan is going to be? Yeah, I mean, uh, my, my concerns will be just kind of based on how we played last week. Because um, I'm glad we're getting David on Yamada back. We need to be better against the run. Um, I think that a lot of this game is going to be predicated in my feelings about how Jared Goff uh, throws the long ball. Um, I mean, it's no, no secret of how he struggled with yard, you know, passes over 10 yards lately, um, going into the end of last season and then specifically last week, how bad he was at it. Um, I think that with our defense and some of our cornerbacks, um, you have to be able to throw the long ball well against us. That's, that's one of our weak points. If you're trying to beat us with uh, passes under seven and eight yards, we've got a lot of speed. So a lot of the things that worked against Carolina with uh, Robert Woods um, and uh, Cooper Cup last week where they're catching short passes and getting some long runs, I'm not sure if that's the way to beat us. So um, I think a lot of it's going to be putting pressure on Jared Goff and not giving him time to set for those long balls. What are your key matchups for the Saints against both the Rams' offense and defense? Yeah, um, definitely I think that... um, you know, if y'all are going to have y- y'all slot, whoever you, I know y'all move people around a lot. Whoever you're going to have in the slot that's going to line up against um, PJ Williams, um, PJ Williams has been a, a decent slot cornerback on short routes. If there anybody's going to run a deep route on him, um, he's going to have to have safety help. We saw the touchdown to Kenny Stills last week where he just he has to have help on that. And then of course, I mean, uh, Aaron Donald didn't light up the the stat sheets last week, but he is still the best defensive player in the in the game right now and um warford um is going to probably need some help with him warford's you know graded as one of the best offensive linemen in football last week um, but he's still i mean aaron donald's aaron donald um he's going to need help from our uh, rookie center eric mccoy and aaron donald's going to have to be controlled for sure can't collapse the middle of the pocket against breeze do you think there's going to be any mental issues with the game this Sunday, as far as the team is concerned, or do you just think it's the fans? Yeah, I think I think you know, that are all freaked I, out. I do honestly believe the fans have a lot more of that. I think that to me, I think that somebody like Drew Brees is as experienced as he is, and as calm and much of a leader as he is. I think he'll get that out of most of the people's heads. Um, I think that somebody like Michael Thomas, you can't get it out of his head, um, but he is somebody that won't be negatively impacted by being questioned or challenged or wanting um, to rise up to an occasion. He's, he is specifically one of those players that when it comes down to that is driven by it. I think that the big difference of how he played against y'all in the first game last year and the numbers he put up versus the numbers he put up in the second game and the drops that he had, I think he's personally going to be motivated to prove that the first game is more like how he should play. But I think the rest of our team, again, we've got a really young team. We've got a lot of new people. Um, to the team where I just I don't think it's going to be as big a deal to the players as it is to to the fans. You mentioned Drew Brees, and I'm going to ask this pretty much every year at this point, I, especially <laughs> since watching film on him. I kind of wish this game was later in the year. I wish it was around week 12, week 13, because he's okay. seen the offense with him does seem to wear down later in the year. 
at least that's how it looked to me these last couple of seasons. So what does he have left in him overall? What, how much is left time-wise, and how does he keep up his condition, conditioning to help lead that offense deeper in the playoff run? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's all these rumors and stuff like that about whether or not Breeze was injured last year. There was a big hit that he took that, um, you know, it says Breeze said his shoulder was fine, but a lot of people have rumored that he was hurt on it. Um, the game against Atlanta. Um, and then, of course, he's, he's 40 years old. He'll be 41 by the time the season ends. Um, I, I can't answer that. I mean, I know that um, we get all the information that he is the hardest working person that's there uh, that's on the team. He's the first person there, the last person to leave, conditions himself. But we know that Father Time is undefeated. Now, would I make a bet that Drew Brees won't play till he's 43? Absolutely not. I don't know what he's going to do. Do I necessarily think that's a great idea? No, I don't. I could see, like, there's excuses for why last year. I think that people make more about his arm strength failing because that's been something that's been talked about for eight years now. Um, and his he still can throw a 45-yard pass. Um, and beyond that, like, it just, it's not necessarily important for the kind of game that he plays that does still represent kind of a West Coast offense that doesn't do a lot of deep throws over 35, 40 yards. So I don't know how much it matters, but I also um, – I don't know. Like I, I hope that he's uh, that he's healthier. I think that he's addressed that, where he said that he went through a lot of offseason conditioning, and um, even Taysom Hill has talked about how much he stuck by Drew Brees' side as much as he could, and was super impressed by the athlete that Drew Brees still is, beyond just being a football player. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. I'm I just turned forty-one a few weeks ago, and the last time I played tackle football in a game was in two thousand eleven. <laughs> was much younger, right? I couldn't imagine playing at 41, dude. I'm beat up. So kudos to all these guys that are my age still doing it like Brady and Breeze, man. It's amazing. But what I want to ask you now is, do you have any concerns about your team after the Monday night victory over the Texans? I mean, I personally don't because they kind of do what the Saints do, especially in the first part of the season. They start slow in the first half. They go into halftime, they make a few adjustments, and here they come rolling back. Um, but do you have any concerns, or is it status quo? I'm, right now, I'm happy. With there, if I would have said there wasn't concerns, there's not areas to improve, that would be just crazy. Um, same concerns as normal, though. So, you know, two things. One, I'm always concerned about our cornerback depth. I don't think we have a lot of depth after our, our starters. Um, people like to be hard on Eli Apple. He typically doesn't give up big plays. For a number two cornerback, he does what he's supposed to do. Um, and I want more, you know, back-end play out of Marcus Williams. He got that interception last week. I still am not a huge supporter of his. He misses. He also missed four tackles in the game where I thought he should have been um, hitting somebody and, and stopping them. And, and he should have a lot more interceptions generally. Um, now, my concern would be is, you know, last week, we, last year, we were the number one team against the rush in the league, not allowing more than 85 yards in a game. And we gave up 180 yards rushing. Now, which is kind of weird. The Texans are a big passing offense, and you would expect it to have been the opposite. Do I want to give up 180 yards a game? Absolutely not. I think we need to dial that in. Having said that, Rankins being out and Onyemata being out, I think is an issue for that. And we also did have some schemes where we were really trying to get to Watson, where we put a lot of pressure on the inside, backing up those defense or backup defensive tackles, and we did not maintain the edge very well. Uh, against Gurley and Brown, we're going to have to maintain the edge. We can't just let them run around the edge and be one-on-one with cornerbacks. Can't do that. All right, man. Make the call. Who wins? What's your score? So um, I predicted that the Saints would win on our podcast this week, 34-24. Tommy, you I'll make stick the call? with that still on Thursday. <laughs> Tommy? 30-37-23 Rams. So we're similar in the opposite right there, Wes. <laughs> So it's on me here to break the tie. Oh, gosh. Second straight week you've done this to me, Tommy. I'm just saying. I don't have the world's best feeling about this game, but that's just because I'm a pessimist. I'm, but I just can't shake that both teams are going to be motivated in their own way. For the Rams to score 30 points with, with no, not one first-teamer taking a snap in the preseason was also pretty impressive to me. It was a struggle, but they did it. I'm going to go with the Rams this game. I'm going to go high score. I'm talking 45-41. They're going to be all over the place going to be a shootout. That'll be fun. I like the high-scoring idea. I think, I think these guys are just going to go at it. All right. So, Wesley, can you tell people where they can find you, they can find your podcast, all that jazz? Yeah, we have the BS and Beer podcast. Um, I am on 
Twitter at hudatwesley13. That's W-E-S-L-E-Y. Um, and then, of course, the podcast available on all uh, all the podcast downloading availabilities. Gotcha. All right, man. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure I'm, there's a 99% chance we'll be talking to you again come January. That's what I believe. Thank so. you. I'd love it. All right. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Wes. It was nice to meet you. You too. Thank you. All right, so there you go. Wesley Cullen for Saints, uh, Saints BS and Beer Podcast. Tommy, what are your final thoughts for the show today? Man, it's been a, it's been a long time since I've been at the Coliseum for a regular season or a game that counts for that matter. So I'm looking forward to my favorite part of the year, which is not watching the Rams play in person. It's hanging out with all the people I've made friends with over the last three years because of the Rams. So that's my favorite part of this weekend coming up. All the great Rams fans. And I'm jealous, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Not, I'm a little jealous. That I don't get to go this year, but I will be in Cleveland the week after. And maybe, just maybe, we can coax you out here for the Pittsburgh game. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, I'm sure it's a strong consideration now. Because it it's my is. birthday weekend and all. You can't leave a man hanging on his birthday? Come on. No, and, you know, it would be fun. I've never been to the city of Pittsburgh, so it's... I've been to a lot of the major metropolitan cities in this country, and Cleveland and Pittsburgh I have not. So at least i got to hit one of those this year. It's probably going to be Pittsburgh. Well, it's not. We've moved. we progressed to the probably. We almost got you coaxed. All right, folks. <laughs> it is time for us to go. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams. Talk and find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA. Check out the t shirts this weekend, guys. You got the Rams and Central t shirts. Buy them up. Get, find Tommy again. Ram Tommy in LA. We have the order form online. You can get them in person. At the tailgate, don't forget some iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all those places. For Tommy, the entire Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Paul. We'll see you this Sunday. And, hey, check out Rams and Central tomorrow night. We're out of here. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.